0: So, Chris, are you committed to doing a somersault for five-star reviews on
1: iTunes? I can commit to it, but the ability to actually do it is not there. That's what people want to see is the the attempt. It's not that no one wants to see you actually execute it. Unless you got a CGI screen behind me and you can throw me into space. It ain't happening. Did Malachi Wyden really do that? I think he did. I didn't see it with my own two eyes, but he's a freak.
0: I like the bounce houses in the background, too.
1: Bounce out you, baby.
0: <laughs> All right. Welcome to those 24-7s on the bench. This is Brendan Sinone That's Chris Knee. We're happy because camp is almost over. Well, one of us is happy because camp is almost over. And then the long season starts. But we're here today to do a, I want to say, like a recap of what we learned so far through camp. There's one week left. Uh, and then we turn our attention to Boise State. I should say Florida State turns their attention to Boise State. We'll have a Boise State centric podcast coming up, so our, our attention's already there. But uh, I want to go over what we've learned. Uh, I want to go over some stuff from Media Day. And I want to do kind of a revisionist history on my confidence rating grades, uh, which I don't think Chris knows what they were. No. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, That's what a you hard think? Of them. No. No, that would, that would require you or Josh or anyone to, uh, to read my content, which doesn't really happen. A whole I lot. just skip that line in every one of them. I mean, it is an arbitrary number that people don't like to argue about.
1: 52%. And,
0: and that's what we're going to argue about right now. So, camp. Let's start off with the scrimmage they had on Saturday. Uh, dude, it's really – I got some intel. I had to work really, really hard to go and send out a lot of text and, and whatnot to to get the information. But we aren't the only ones. Like, They're more buttoned down this year than they, they were last year. Is that, is that a fair observation?
1: Yeah, and I don't think there's anything mm-hmm. wrong with that. I think – you're trying to keep things in check before you play a ball game. Whether it's good or bad, you're just trying to keep it in check. And I think it's important to kind of run a tight ship and they've done a good job of that this preseason. The
0: one takeaway well there's a couple takeaways and I did a VIP thing, I don't want to give it away too much. Give, it away, uh, to give
1: our, it away, give it away now. Give it
0: away, give it away. No, don't get me going on the chili peppers. All right. Um I don't wanna to divulge too much because we do have paying customers. Uh but I will say this everyone around the program that I've spoken with um, thinks Kendall Bryles is the real deal Um, and that that's something that we've heard from players and uh, coach tagger and and you get that feedback when you talk to guys on record but when I start hearing it off record and I hear it from other side you know different sides of the ball and different different levels of the organization in it outside of it and it's all consistent to me that that means that there's something there now this isn't me promising that the offense is going to be great but I'm not
1: I no. thought you wrote that they're going to score 41 or more points no, every that's game. That's
0: not what year. I said. I said that that's what the belief internally is. It's not the same thing. Don't put that don't put that evil on so me, Chris nee.
1: So No. <laughs> uh,
0: FSU and and Kendall Browse specifically is very confident about what the offense could do
1: this year. Yeah, and you know what you talk to Kendall Browse and he he oozes it. Like he yeah. he knows what he wants, he knows how he's going to go about trying to do it and he's had results doing it everywhere he's been beforehand. I think he has more skill at his disposal here than he's maybe ever had at any other stop. I mean, he's said as much as far as the skill, guys. And I think he's also a very intelligent human being when it comes to how to hide a weakness. That's the
0: part of the end. What you just said, Chris, is what what has dawned on me through camp is that he has a great idea, a really good grasp of, of what his weaknesses are and how to hide it. I think it took FSU a really long time last season to kind of figure it out to the point where, where it was like they were reacting – Uh, almost negatively where there was this uh, retraction and that sent like a very negative, uh, almost kind of defeatist attitude to the offense last year. Not that the offense was going to be great, I think regardless of what they did, Uh, this year they're setting out to massive deficiencies early on and and accentuate uh, the strengths, which is what every coaching staff does. In theory, but I think he has a really good grasp of what those weaknesses are already.
1: To put that in simple terms for a listener, mm-hmm. he's going to go max protect when he needs to block it up, and he's going to get rid of it quickly when he's not keeping everybody in.
0: And that was, that was the, the, some of the intel that I got uh, from the scrimmage. Other than that, uh, let's go. Well, I'm trying to think of the best way to do this. I want to go position by position. Uh, but I don't want to do that in the, in the scrimmage format because we don't have enough information to do that, and mm-hmm. we'll do that with the confidence ratings in a bit.
1: One other thing I'd throw out about the scrimmage, and I, I talked about it on the last podcast that we did concerning the team, was that I didn't know if the defense was getting home. Like it wasn't a I had heard it was not or that I heard it was. It was literally I didn't know, and it was kind of one of those things when you poked and prodded and asked people you weren't getting a really straight answer, and that still has continued to some degree. But in media day, talking to Mark Snyder, talking to a few of the players on both sides of the ball, it sounds like the belief is that it is doing it well enough where it's not a concern.
0: I was told, quote-unquote, fine. Is that, I mean, it, they're what? not concerned about it, like you said. Uh, right now it's not a strength, but also it's incomplete because Joshua Kendo, Marvin Wilson, Leonard Warner, those guys in a scrimmage the other day. Marvin Wilson hasn't practiced in – In weeks now. Joshua Kando's been in and out. I don't know what Leonard Warner's deal is. We'll we'll keep an eye on that, but I don't think there's anything serious, but point being, those are three out of probably the top four or five top pass rushers, regardless of position, and they are not scrimmaging and not practicing regularly.
1: Yeah, Snyder gushed on Warner. It was funny. He uh, he was kind of talking about all his edge guys, and Warner's name comes up and his eyes kind of twinkle, and he just has a little <laughs> okay. something extra. This is going to sound he,
0: weird. Mark Sander has a really dreamy eye. He, he
1: said he, uh, sorry, last said year, watching him market. work as an inside backer, loved the way he used his hands, got off blocks, rushed, just how he did it. And he knew it would translate to moving him there. And that's why Leonard was kind of the first movement in this whole shift defensive mm-hmm. scheme last of spring? putting a guy on the last edge. Spring. He just loves what he can do. And it's clear that he's an adamant, firm believer that Leonard Warner can be a big, big piece of the puzzle for them. And Warner is their first team edge rusher on that side with Amari backing him up. The other side is j Robin Kando when Kando is able to play. So, you know, I think it's fair to say it's still a question mark, but I'm less concerned today than I was at this point a week ago.
0: I shouldn't have said that thing about Mark Snyder's eyes, should
1: I? It was kind of weird, man.
0: I've been... You're weird, though. People
1: have accepted that you're a strange bird.
0: You know what? Can I vent for a second? No. Okay. I don't know why you would listen to this podcast and be weirded out by me being weird. Like, you know what this is at this point, right? I think so. It's like going to McDonald's and then you complain for getting the the squirts afterwards. Like, you knew what this was. (laughs) Uh, To to the point of... I'm going to redeem myself and and show that I sometimes know what I'm talking about. Uh, Leonard Warner was in our top, I think, 15 for the most important players this year. Um... For that reason, we expected him to be someone who would be an impactful guy off the edge. And, and we keep getting intel that they think that that's what he's going to be. I'm using yeah. intel a lot today. He didn't get intel. moved. He didn't
1: get moved because he was deficient at what he was doing. He got moved because he's much better at what they want him to now do.
0: Yeah. So, so that was, um, I'm sorry. So pass rush was something that was touched on. We'll go position by position in quarterback. I heard James Blackman had a good day, but then, I, dude, I got so much conflicting information about what the quarterback battle looks like right now. Here's what I can definitively say, because uh, this has been consistent. They're still splitting first and second team reps, and I think even Jordan Travis is getting some too, but uh, this isn't a done deal. I, I think you both you and I still believe James Blackman is QB1, that he will be the guy to start the season at quarterback, and you, you kind of go from there. I think he's had a decent camp, um, but I'm not yet 100% sold that this is a, a – a done deal um and i don't know if i thought that way a few days ago so that's been a little bit of a development but but i don't want to overblow it too i still yeah. think this is a james blackman deal
1: alex was brought in to push him give him competition he's doing just that i don't believe he takes a job i think it's james's job but alex has done a good job of being what they expect say like job be. one more time he he's serviceable he knows where it's supposed to go he processes quick He's a grizzled veteran to use a lovely cliche. Let, let's let's, let's a, that's a good. Tr- Kendall Kendall Brown describes him as you know a vet set, who's set been it up, through it a heck of set, a lot. Set up media day and Kendall Brown's going to Well, you transition. S- you sat in there and watched uh, Kendall Brown for fifteen minutes, up close and personal. And I listened to the audio and went through the transcript. I was listening from afar. I was dealing with defensive coaches while you we were dealing with Kendall, and. Uh, Browse is just, I mean, he, he likes his quarterbacks. I think he likes what he has in that room. I think he likes how they're pushing one another. I think he likes how they're competing. He certainly likes how they act towards one another. It's not a there. There's no knives being held to each other. So it's, <laughs> right. it's a whole lot of pushing one would, another and trying to be the best not. quarterbacks possible. Be really re- well, competitions can get really ugly, and you know, yeah. especially this day and age with transfer portal and guys willing to jump ship real quick. I don't think any of that element is here currently. Whatever we're not
0: allowed to talk about the transfer portal on this podcast. You know that. Um, let's talk about Kendall Brows and let's talk about Media Day, and I want that to be the transition of what we what we learned uh, yesterday, which Media Day can be. Uh, for our listeners, I'm going to paint a picture for you guys. It, it can be kind of a waste of time. Is that fair to say? Sometimes, well, if you cover the team
1: day in day out right? as we do, yeah, it is. I it mean, can it, be a little it's, clustery. Yeah, and it, it's a day when like 30 percent of people in the room working as media you're never going to ever see again. They're just here to collect for one story or a news piece, and that's why they're here. But they don't cover this and team they all here have in Europe.
0: Right, cameras to yes. get in your way.
1: Yeah, they're sort of pains in the ass. If we're going to be honest about it on the podcast, and I'm going to be honest it about it. Good. Um, but media days also, for us, the biggest thing about it yesterday was getting assistance. Yep. We've talked to Browse once this preseason. We got him a second time yesterday. He talked for 15-plus minutes. He was excellent. We got Coach Barnett again. We had him once he already this preseason. And he was very good. I, I hung in there for about the first 10 minutes with him. And then, you know, for me, the guy in the room who I really enjoyed talking to, and I was supposed to only do defense, but I had to carry somebody else's slack. I got Randy, talked to him for a good 15 minutes, and – He's impressive. He, he The way he coaches, the way he acts, the way he tries to build his guys up with confidence, he's very much that way in person. He's very much that way. But he's matter of fact. He's not. Randy comments
0: for our listeners. Yeah, he's not the trying to turn his is.
1: offensive line into something they're probably not going to be. But he's also saying they're going to maximize what they can be, basically. And, you know, he, he's a Texas kind of dude who has some sayings that certainly fit that connotation. And he was enjoyable, and he talked about the synergy of him and Kendall Bryles, which is something that I've been very interested in. I think it's going to pay off huge for FSU this year. Are you going to write center. that story eventually? One day I'm going to write that story, yes. Um, it was supposed to be today, and it was supposed to be like three weeks ago, but one day it will happen. Um, they'll be have, they'll have different jobs somewhere by the time it gets published. They'll you be- know how I am. I, I get motivated like four days a month and write a lot of stuff, and then the other 26 days I'm just grinding You're just through. maintenance and wiping Josh and I's butts. Yeah. Yeah. So but Randy was very impressive. I talked to Mark Snyder, some touched on that already. He's a former head coach, so he talks like a former head coach. He's very guarded about stuff. Odell is Odell, he you know, is very direct. Uh, he did talk about said Wood and how he stuck with him through that difficult thing. And he's like, That's what it's about. You you're making a commitment to a young man, not solely a football player. And you talked
0: to a lot more coaches. Odell than I did. is Odell.
1: Um you talked to Woody. Uh yeah, Woody was was decent. I talked to Telly Lockett. he, he spoke about tight ends and the expectation of them being used in a different fashion in this offense and that they have to play different roles, the sniffer, the true tight end, a vertical guy, you know, that they're asked to do different things and that they have a lot of guys with kind of varying skill sets that might kind of play to different roles, but that they like the top end of that group, which is Cam, Trey McKitty, Gabe Neighbors. Those are the guys they are going to rely on there. Not Um,
0: necessarily in that
1: order. Yeah, and you you talked to what, Pimp, Woody –
0: I asked Pimp why. I think the words "fans can be cruel" were uttered out of my my mouth. But I was curious to get his thoughts. He had a rough patch in the off season, came out the other side of it, you know, okay. But
1: uh, hey, man, Odell almost got thrown in that fire about a fan. He so, did too. There, get no crazy no one was off
0: guard, but I thought Pimp's uh, answer was was perfect. And uh, and the thing that I was interested in with Pimp that that I want to write later this week was about Cam Akers and and really. Uh, Taking a step back to to remember that this guy's only played running back for a couple of years and just how different it is playing running back than his quarterback and, and maybe we we assumed unfairly that I mean, he had a lot of success as a as a freshman uh, and so some of that you know there were issues obviously within the scheme and the offensive line and, and cam himself but yeah he got that was, frustrated that was yeah, for sure that's what Pim talked about was him being more patient but it's cool man like apparently they have a cut up of of just all the plays that Cam left on the field last year, and they've been showing it to him over and over and over again.
1: And Willie Taggart referenced that too during his uh, press conference at the start of yesterday's media day, that Cam Akers last year at the end of the year started doing what they need Cam Akers to do. And mm-hmm. that for a while there last year just wasn't happening. They and got frustrated. He, there, remember he, there were he a number of reasons. He didn't start against
0: Miami. We got that message right before that he wasn't going to start uh, against Miami because they were just kind of fed up with with him not running the way they wanted him to at that point. And
1: he was fed up. He was frustrated. Right. It, it wasn't going well for anybody last year. And for a guy like that who had had so much success out of the gate as a freshman, it's very tough to swallow that pill of essentially taking a step back that you it's out of your hands to a degree. Mm-hmm. But he also there were things he could have handled better and done better. And I think Cam's come a long way. I think he's a very mature dude. I think he's ready to put it on the field and play at a high level. I think FSU expects him to play at a high level. And Kendall Brow has gushed about yeah, he, let's. He said he was one of the best backs he's ever been around. I forget the exact quote. You were right there front and yeah, center. Yeah, he
0: said something, and that was the context, was one of the, the most talented players. Yeah. Let, let, real quick, let's go with KB. And uh, I got three things that I kind of took away from that that I want to run by you. Uh, and that was one of them was his skill, guys. I know he said this about two weeks ago when we spoke with him. This was confirmation and a little bit more detailed. He loves his skill players. That was one of the big t- takeaway. Cam Akers, D.J. Matthews. I'm trying to think of who else he discussed you know, on LeBorn. record. LeBorn, uh, and He likes Anthony Grant, too. But he's really excited about what he has there. Fair? Yes. Okay. So that was one. Two was the quarterbacks. He didn't really tip his hand one way or the other. I thought it was really interesting the way he talked about James Blackman and and some of his physical tools, but also some of his physical deficiencies. Um, and then Al Tornerbrook was – really not talking about much of his, his physical tools at all, uh, at all, other than he may surprise you a little bit with, with his, uh, his mobility, the way he runs. Hornbrook was more about the experience he brings, the knowledge he brings, uh, how he's kind of acclimated to a new offense and a new program really, really quickly. Yeah. Uh, and, and as that applies to the quarterbacks, he basically said, and this is a reiteration of what he said previously, but uh, he's not looking for a certain type necessarily. I, I think he wants someone who's a little bit more mobile personally. Um, but yeah. the most important thing he said is, "Is are you trustworthy? Can yeah. I trust you? I'm trying to remember exactly what he said He wants it.
1: guys that take care of the ball. That's for that, sure. That, that's and that was one of known. the criticisms. That's true of every coordinator and quarterback coach ever, right. but he he walks that walk. His guys generally in his career have taken care of the ball at a very high level for the amount that they're used in reps as a primary piece of the play.
0: Well, And let's put it in context of, uh, his, yes, he wants to take care of the football, uh, when you're also talking about what the previous lesson learned was with the skill guys he trusts if he really believes that this is the most talented one of if not the most talented group of skill players he's ever had which we're talking about basically Baylor uh, which had some really good guys Corey Coleman Katie uh, Katie Cannon uh, among the two um, who's well, running he,
1: back dear king at Houston i know yeah as a quarterback mean, I got, I got that guy from um, to and a Devin D.
0: Singletary at
1: FAU yeah, but we're talking about collective a
0: collective unit but let's yeah. let's say for The sake of this conversation, that this is one of, if not the, like like for sure, this is. Let's just say this is the best group of skill guys he's had uh, in terms of overall talent. Uh, He wants a quarterback who's gonna be able to get them the ball and let them do things. He's that confident in his system. I'm being told legitimately multiple times, multiple people, he thinks he's gonna hang 40 a game. Uh, That's enough to where I feel like I could put my name on it. Where enough people have said that that he thinks that's the case. Uh, Again, I'm not saying that. Necessarily is which is, is nuts because it'd
1: be almost almost double almost double almost what FSU double. averaged last year. Now FSU was dreadful last year in that regard in that statistic. Yeah, but doubling your so points. you expect an improvement. But yeah, doubling is a um, drastic jump.
0: But uh, so what makes this interesting to me is so if you're saying that he loves those skill guys and he wants someone who just values taking care of the football and can get them the ball, um, that makes this quarterback situation uh, like I was saying earlier. I think a little bit more interesting. Uh, because he actually went out of his way to say James has to take care of the football a little bit better. I don't remember the exact quote, but he did say that. That was in the transcript, right? You're just gonna take my word for it. You uh, I can't day. remember
1: off the very top of my head, but <laughs> um, he's re. Between he and Willie Taggart, they've reiterated that point over and over and over this preseason. That that may be the most important element for a quarterback in their system.
0: I, I, I'm trying to pull it up with FSU internet. It's not not allowed. I'm not having it today.
1: It's consistently inconsistent. <laughs>
0: Uh, and I had a third point, and that's that he loves Randy Clemens.
1: He does. And he called him a genius. Th- that relationship goes well beyond football. Long-time friends, families are very close. You know, Randy's the older of the two, and Randy's known Kendall, I think he said, since he was like eight, mm-hmm. if I remember the correct age. Um, but it, it's two guys thinking with one brain. It's very clear in the way they talk. It's very clear in watching them in a practice setting. It's very clear in talking to offensive linemen how much better it is this year with handling play calls coming in and it translating to quickly executing on the field versus last year where for O-linemen I think they felt like they were looking at three different people at any given time and it was mind-boggling for them and some of them flat-out hated it. Um, you know, They'll say that on and off the record about how much it's, just, it's a departure from last year and are so happy to be departed from it. I think it will make a big, big difference. I think the tempo will be much better because it will be executed at a much better level because there is a single brain on the sideline, which is Kendall Browse lined up with the quarterback getting it signaled in, getting it run, getting it executed. I think that's very important. That definitely, you know, in talking to Randy, having known some stuff about Randy, talking to people that knew Randy, what he said yesterday reiterated many of those points. There was nothing shocking in talking to Randy Clements yesterday. It was very much a
0: confirmation, confirmation
1: of, of who and what he is, how he works with Bryles, what he expects from his linemen, how he goes about getting it out of him. All
0: right. So what? while you were talking about Clemens, I went back and pulled up on my phone because my internet's still not working. Thank you, FSU guest. Um, Kendall Bryles on. James Blackman said, and this is within the context of he said some good things about him before and after, but in the middle of this quote, uh, there's been some times where he's been a little loose with the ball, and we've addressed that. That's the main thing I tell those guys. and went on a rant about. You know, take care of the football but made it a point to say jb has to do a little bit better with that which you know we saw them as a true freshman he that that was an issue was consistency and accuracy um but if you do want to hear more about Kendall bryles uh we have the video online and and if you want to hear it like on the car ride or whatnot uh we did that on one of the i just put up on the podcast so you could download it and listen to it that way on the previous episode of on the bench so you can go ahead and do that Uh, a few other notes from media day before we go into our break uh, we got confirmation with Willie Taggart on record that Marvin Wilson and Tamari and Terry are both supposed to be practicing sooner rather than later. We're believing it's going
1: to be this week. Did he ask you if you actually believe him this time? Yeah. Is that how he's crazy? If it? I believe
0: him, they yeah. say this time, and, and I'll,
1: I'll be very. I honest. I think you even fronted that question by saying our readers want to yeah. know. Because, <laughs>
0: <laughs> dude, I had a scoop on Terry that I have from a very good source that I knew he was coming back soon, and people Pe- were even freaking out then because I didn't per- give him the timeline exactly.
1: Preseason's brutal because every yeah. word is perfect. We the quote about the scrimmage was like we stayed pretty, healthy, healthy, or health. or pretty said, healthy. What the hell is so that like, supposed I mean? to mean? I'm like, I don't think anybody died, and I think they're pretty confident. Everybody, <laughs> you know, should be available week one. Um, uh, but that's just yeah. how it is. That's preseason defined. So uh, one other thing, Ron Dugans was not available. Right. Uh, family emergency. Yeah, you know, thinking about Ron, thinking about family. Yeah, you know, it's something I, he's dealt with a couple times this preseason. It's private matter, so we're not going to dive deep into it. But right. just Think nice things for Ron Dugans and his family. Yeah. Um, what else was there off today? There was I mean, one newsy thing. too. Coach Barnett loves his young DBs. He he gushed over his young DBs. That's kind of a common theme of this preseason, right. especially Travis Jay and Akeem Dent. But you, you know when guys Willie was like asked Gannhardt about the, far behind, either. Willie
0: was asked about the true freshman. He wanted to ask. I don't want to miss yeah, anyone. And then he listed off like eleven. He listed <laughs> include every defensive back. But you know who the first two names out of his mouth were?
1: Travis Janet came down. Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't think that was an accident. Yeah. So uh, The linebackers, he mentioned Kevon Glenn. Uh, interesting development, uh, but I don't think that was a mistake did, what Did he talk about Glenn? When you I spoke asked him, him about the linebackers, the freshman linebackers, and I got a general answer, and I kind of went back around in that, and he got another general
1: answer. Glenn's a hell of a player. But I didn't ask Andrew. about
0: individual, each guy. I, he's, yeah, I mean, he's a thumper, and um,
1: like yeah, you, I think he's as He may advertise. not be as versatile as either of those other two guys he came in with, but right. what he's really good at, he's, he's really, good really at. exceptional at. Yeah. Yeah, So Um, they brought him to be that. Quayshawn Fuller got praised yesterday, which Mm -hmm. I was a little surprised by. He's just had kind of a quiet preseason. He has worked himself into better shape, which is a good sign. Quayshawn came in a little heavy in May and Mm -hmm. cut some weight pretty quickly. Um, Dante Lucas, of course, received praise, and that was from coaches, players, position coaches, head coaches. Yeah. Um, And that's no surprise. He's probably the freshman we expect the most out of the gate as far as reps taken. No special teams talk for me yesterday. I I, I almost felt like Bob was still on the staff, and I was going to let him do it. I just (laughs) dropped the ball.
0: Bob, no, no special teams talk. We're okay with it. I talked to Mark Snyder, and he completely forgot that he's coordinating the special teams now. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I was I was focused on three four in that conversation. But man, Mark Snyder is a former head coach. When he talks, it's. I'm going to give you words, but I'm not saying a whole hell of a lot. That's kind of how that was about three four. He was fine. He and talked those about something. In, in oh God!
0: All right, <laughs> commercial break. Commercial uh, break. Commercial break. I'm going to uh, kill gonna, you, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Nee will be back right after this.
2: <laughs> Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. All right, just kidding. I'm back. Sorry, guys. I know
0: that's really disappointing to probably about 30% of the listenership. Uh, let's talk, Christopher, about positions. want to go position by position. I want to
1: hear your confidence rating, where it was <laughs> and where it now is at.
0: And how unconfident I am with them. <laughs> so I want to go over arbitrary numbers on a scale of 1 to 10.
1: All right. Uh, that we can argue about. 10 being the best and 1 being Ten the, being
0: oh, shit. L- Yes. Ten, ten, <laughs> 10 being like an elite, the elite group or upper echelon, like top five percentile in college football. One being the offensive line last year. Uh, All right. That would be a
1: one. That might be a negative.
0: Uh, but this is also going to give us a chance to recap what we've learned so far about each position in, in fall camps. Right. You see, see what I'm doing Lightning here? Lightning round. See what I'm doing here? All right. Quarterback. I started off as a six. I feel the exact same. Six.
1: Sounds good to me. I think it's six, seven. It's. Is not like through the roof is exceptionally good. I just think that no. they're comfortable that they have a three, maybe a six, they can and seven
0: because they got Travis or Jordan Travis now. Yeah. So you got a third guy. Yeah. The
1: hope is you don't have to play Jordan Travis, but the good thing is if you have to, you can't.
0: Uh, I wrote about that as soon as it happened, or the next day after it happened was uh, that raises the raises the floor, that raises the roof, raises the floor. Two, All right, two. running back. All right, seven uh, is what I had. Uh, I'm gonna stick with seven. Those three guys are are good. I wish the depth were a little bit better, although we've heard good things about Deante Sheffield, and Trey Sean Ward, the walk-on. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to stick with seven. Depth
1: know. is only scary if there's injuries. And if there's injuries, mm-hmm. then you're never going to have the best that you had. But, man, Akers and is a nasty little duo. I go. think I think Leborn's close to really being back to his old self, yeah. or at least he's acting that way and they're talking about him that way. And acres, I think, is much more like freshman acres than sophomore acres. So that's I would the, go eight or nine. Truthfully, okay. right. I think, think it's that could be one a major strength football? of the team. Given they have to get some blocking up front to do things, right. but I also think there's a creative play caller who will figure out a way to try to run the damn ball. And like last year, where sometimes it just felt like they sacrificed all it to of, the gods and
0: moved on. <laughs> all of these may be, uh, yeah, all these offensive points. Maybe I'm going, going go Kool Aid on you right now. You notice I, that? Yeah. I, I feel kind of weird. Yeah, everyone, that's not me usually. Well, what's going to happen is people are going to go back and listen to this and be like, oh, Chris, great great talking points because yeah, you're, I'm taking something optimistic and you're sprinkling it with a little bit of that sweet, sweet, sweet Kool-Aid. All
1: right. receivers. Oh, yeah. Receivers.
0: <laughs> Wide receivers slash tight ends. Uh, seven Pass catchers. Seven. And I will um, – that was seven initially. I will amend that to an eight. How about that? I'm really bullish on them right now. Really, really bullish. I think the Bryles effect makes a difference. Heard really good things about Warren Thompson and Jordan Young. If even one of those two guys steps up, you have DeMorian Terry. Keyshawn Hilton is even better than I thought he was. I like the move for Treshawn Harrison to a slot. Ken McDonald looking more like a college-ready player helps. And uh, NDJ Matthews has carried on the good vibes from the offseason. So a lot of best-case scenario, other than you know Terry not practicing yet this this camp.
1: Yeah, the year two bunch has definitely come along really well. Helton's obviously the leader of that bunch, and he was well ahead of most of his peers in that group. Um, Kid Gavin's wild card. I mean you know, hey, maybe he gives you something if that happens. I agree with your seven eight. I'm I'm cool with that.
0: Yeah, but then I have eight, so do I think the wide receivers are gonna be better than the running backs?
1: I I think I'm higher on the running backs. I mean than that makes sense. But I think the offense plays more to the That's receivers. That's
0: probably where I think that, that yes, well done. Offensive line, I went in with a three. I thought they were gonna <laughs> be slightly better than last year when we were saying that was a one. I'm gonna still go three. That, that the depth Coleman shoe not being available. We're not sure what the yeah. deal is with him, but that's one less body when you don't have a ton to really go off of. Uh,
1: uh, yeah, three. I'm going with a five.
0: Woo, I, you think it's going to be I, just I, a smack dab, average actually,
1: P5 football team. I think they're going to be able to run the ball much more effectively, and uh, I think the coaching of it is going to be far better well, than a year ago as right. far as playing to strengths and weaknesses. I mean
0: um, – on. For an arbitrary scale and a two point difference but for us, I'm I will, I right will say
1: they're living on Cliff's, cliff's Edge. They, like they can afford pretty much no injuries at tackle yeah. and probably one on the interior. And, you know, you, as center, you go from Johnson, Baselli. Well, Andrews had a good preseason, it seems, and That's definitely is back. Ask. That's a big, big ask, yeah.
0: Oh, we so. talked to Baselli yesterday. I got to write that story, but he was really good. I liked. I was very honest about his stepping away from football and coming back. Anyways, so if you haven't noticed, I place a lot of emphasis on depth.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's fair to it be around three on that because it does fall off Cliff's edge. But I think the starting group is better. <laughs> we'll and we'll, I'm, we'll I'm find out I'm in a week almost, or two, buddy. almost to the point of buying on Jawan Williams to some degree, which oh yeah, is, is massive leap for me. Where At Every one time point, I was kind k- of hoping he would never Every play again. Every time you again. do Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: Ed we rushers, shall see with Jawan, but uh, he's doing better.
1: Okay, we're moving on. Edge rushers, I'm go ahead. Let, I'm not letting you do that to yourself. Edge right? rushers, go ahead.
0: I went with a five. Uh, that group has changed a little bit uh, since we did their preseason pregi- uh, predictions. Uh, the full-on transition to the 3-4. I'm entertained by people
1: who say it's a 3-4 defense. Cool. Don't let one guy upset you. Anon, just say Ed, cool.
0: A non-scout really got under my skin. Um, you Just say cool. Uh, but Amari Gaynor <laughs> moves to defensive end. Uh,
1: I edge. Had,
0: I had a sorry edge. I had a five. I'm sticking with a five. I just I, I still have questions and with Kando not really practicing a ton this this camp, I, I just I can't confidently say. This is gonna be a above average group right now. I don't know.
1: Yeah, i I need to see one of those big bodied guys do it on the field.
0: And depth there too concerned. Like one I think McClendon. Derek nice. one guy you didn't mention, but they're um,
1: basically working with five bodies for the two positions. Yeah, that
0: that could be a tough that could be a tough defensive line or defensive tackle interior, interior eight. I went 8 out of 10 to start off with. I'm going to stay right around that range. Um, uh, the depth is a little bit better than I thought. I think Sed Wood stepping up is, is a nice development. Uh, committing to Dennis Breggs being inside, I think, it helps that unit. A La-
1: lot of people around this program love, love them, Dennis some Dennis Briggs. Uh, yeah, I'm I, among them. I can see why. But there's a lot of people that play with that young man and coach that young man who think very highly of that young man. And if you deal with Dennis a little bit, it makes perfect sense. All
0: right. Oh, one other media day thing real quick. Jalen Goss. Oh god, not a vegan <laughs> alright linebackers <laughs> I have a 6 out of 10 Jaden Lars will be moving, moving there I think is a good thing Emmett Rice hasn't really wowed me in preseason uh, the freshman for whatever reason Gilo McCray specifically I was thinking that was going to be a guy who was going to be penciled in as a starter uh, I'm going to go closer to 5 than 6 I, I'd go a little less confident in the group overall than I was heading into it
1: I'm sticking with six. I like Woodby as a starter. I like Jackson. You only got two on the field at a given time. DeKalin Brooks reps being dropped down less is a good thing. Um, I think those freshmen, if asked for some duty, can handle it.
0: Duty. Um, Defensive backs. I have a seven. Uh, I'm going to move it up to an eight. The freshmen are as advertised. hearing good things about Levante Taylor at
1: safety. Carlos Becker Becker is is actually actually
0: practicing, which, take that.
1: He's working at safety, moved there full time. He talked about this a little bit at media day. At this point, he's just happy to be healthy. He's happy to be out there. Carlos has kind of a keep-to-himself personality, so he's not real bubbly when he talks about anything ever, but he is glad to be healthy. He is glad to be out there contributing. He is working a little bit, I think, as a – basically a second team guy here and there
0: yeah he's a safety and someone that can maybe make an impact sub packages cyrus fagan looks a tad more confident than he did last year he had the shoulder injury and that just was a debacle it never really was the same um so overall i think the depth is really good there
1: need a pass rush to make those guys look right good. that'll be that's contingent. how it works um
0: but i'm ex- i'm interested to see what that group can do i like the depth i like the overall talent does need to produce at a higher level, but yeah, I, I go one point higher. I think eight. I think that could be a really, really good group uh, if if things break right in front of them.
1: With your love of depth, I think that's the best part of this football team.
0: What did you give the? Hang on. Did you give the defensive backs a grade?
1: First eight score? nine.
0: Eight nine. Yeah.
1: Jesus. Bullet.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, the depth. All right. So overall, I'm not. I
1: didn't give special teams a grade. Here's something about the secondary this year compared oh, to last year. Last year, go. when a guy screwed up, there was no way of going away from him. You just had to ride <laughs> to the fire and deal with the screw ups. This year, if a guy screws up, there's somebody yeah. to come take his job. Yep,
0: I agree. So. As we look at the entire team, I'm taking a deep breath because I want to think about the roster from top to bottom. Chris, when we did the podcast, I think after the first few days of camp, one point that I made, and you agreed with me because I make astute observations from time to time, the floor of this roster, better than it was a year ago. I'm not sure about the ceiling and the upside, uh, but I do think that the, the bottoming out factor is, is reduced drastically. I think it's much better much better from the bottom. even that's even with, we've seen Jalen Parks is no longer with the team medically DQ'd. Uh, Alexander Marshall, the tight end uh, is transferring. So they're going in with less than 80 scholarship players this year. And even with that in mind, uh, the the staff has seemingly done such a good job evaluating with the 18, and 19 class um, that I think the, the floor of this entire roster is elevated with those two guys or with those two classes, excuse me, and all the guys from those classes, uh, I think that, you know, to me, five and seven seems unfathomable. I don't think you can be that bad this I year. I don't, I don't know if you're going to be much more than seven and five or eight and four. Uh, you see how things break, but I think the, the if worst. If they score ca- 41
1: points again, they're winning more uh, than eight yeah, games. Right. And you told me they were scoring more than 41 points a game.
0: I think this team is not going to be anywhere near <laughs> as bad as it was last year, uh, and those blowout losses I think going to be reduced drastically. How that leads to actual wins. I'm not sure, but I don't foresee
1: seven losses again. Yeah, I think it's much better too deep. Um, still concerns with O-line depth and truthfully O-line talent. You now I'm almost there with Jawan Williams. Stop. So I'm almost stop there. Stop doing um, it.
2: Oh, yeah. I
1: want to see what the edge can do. Running backs can't really afford either of those top two get hurt. Anthony Grant's super talented, but those first two are such a pivotal piece of what your offense is trying to accomplish. Um, for me, those are the three areas that really can swing this team. Also need special teams to be better, and I do think it will be better. So, yeah, I, I think it's a better yeah. team. I don't to, think the sneak sneaking special teams. I don't think the very top of the roster is maybe more talented than it was last year. Right. But I think, you know, around 50 or so players on the roster can be really counted upon.
0: I think so, too. Um, this will be the last podcast I think you and I probably do together, uh, unless there's like an emergency pod situation until uh, until we're in game week. So uh, maybe we'll do one after camp. I don't Or know. if I kill you. Oh, well, then you're only doing the podcast. Right. I guess who has the password to Megaphone?
1: This guy. I know what your password is.
0: All right. For Knowles 24 four seven on the Bench podcast, this is Brennan Snow, and Chris Knee. Uh, if I do get killed, uh, you guys know who to look for password first. Password is password.